Are you saying you want to keep Dennis Allen? (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a different twist. Let's go with the trade for Ian Book and see what he can do. to the Dome Patrol Podcast. What's up, Houdat Nation, and thanks for joining us on the Dome Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and in this episode, we'll talk about how relaxing this last Sunday was. In fact, it was probably the <laughs> first relaxing Sunday that the Houdat Nation has had since season the season began. Sadly, the anticipation of the season was the last time we had any reason to be excited Unless you count the Dome Patrol podcast slash New Orleans dot football fan meetup in London. That was a lot of good fun. It wasn't over yet at that point. No, it wasn't. It was a great time. And I'll tell you what. But it seems like so long ago, doesn't it? All right. Sliding doors moment. If they had had their bye in week five instead of week 14, are they like eight eight and five right now? (laughs) Maybe. I I know know. I needed a bye week after that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. And that voice you're hearing, everybody, is Mike Triplett, who was definitely at the New Orleans.football slash Don't Patrol podcast party, fell asleep on the couch, just woke up. So he said, let's do the uh, podcast. He's been hung over ever since. So welcome back to the show. <laughs> we also have Wesley, James, Scott, and Jason. Put your seatbelts on, keep your hands and legs inside your earbuds at all times and enjoy the show. Uh, I, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about kind of like it, it it feels like things are getting a little bit redundant on what we talk about every week. So I'm going to ask somebody out here to say something different. Wesley, I'm going to ask you. Yeah, I mean, Mike, I, I'm not sure if this is going to end with a question, um, but please respond. <laughs> if I don't, if there's not a question mark here, please don't just, just sit get in it silence. off your chest, Wesley. Get it all off your chest. Well, I mean, so, so I understand what you guys and everybody's talking about that bad organizations fire coaches after one year. Um, bad organizations fire coaches irresponsibly um, when there's a lot of injuries. I get all that. But don't we now in week 15 have enough, even with those things going on, to say that the leadership on this team has been poor and that bad organizations also stick with the same plan when they realize that maybe the guy there's just making bad decisions and isn't helping the team get better. Those are both fair talking points. And and the Saints, look, Nick and I have both made this point. That Mickey Loomis, we talk all the time about how he's practical and reasonable, and so is Gail Benson. They're not – they don't make emotional, uh, you know, reactive decisions. But they are not – you know, when, when they practically and reasonably realize they've gone the wrong direction, they will move on. And Nick, Nick did a really good job of the column during the bye week about this when he was examining what, what's on Mickey Loomis's plate. He, he got away from the Jimmy Graham contract, the Junior Gillette contract, the Brandon Browner contract. And I've said the same ownership group fired Stan Van Gundy after one year and switched to Willie Green, thinking – we need a totally different direction for, for this franchise. So they're not afraid to do those things. Sometimes it is okay to fire a coach after one year. Um, the, the ones who 
you know, you don't want to become leaders who did it like three times in 15 years and who had coaches like Sean Payton say, even though you're offering me my first head coaching job ever, I'm turning it down because I want something better. Like you don't want to become that. Saints are not risking becoming that. But at the same time, you also want to be like, is Dennis Allen why we're four and nine? And I, I think the one thing we definitely know is Dennis Allen is not good enough to get them out of this spiral. But I don't think he's the only reason they're four and nine. Injuries are one thing. But this entire organization made took the wrong approach to just try to keep the band together. I mean, I, I think we can look back and say every sort of personnel decision they've made dating back to February, keeping the coaching staff together, having a pretty light training camp, you know, you know, they they tried to be 20, 21 and a half this year and figured if we're healthier, we're going to win more games. And they realized that was the wrong approach. So I've even made the point, even if they had kept Sean Payton, who also wasn't really getting the job done in the second half of last season, they lost five straight games last season. This this team is just heading in the wrong direction. So they're absolutely going to make radical changes. I I think I think they're going to consider a a very major reboot. I think there's going to be big roster decisions. I think there's going to be salary cap decisions. There's going to be coaching decisions. The only question is is you know how radical they're going to be and how much of this they pin on Dennis Allen. Possibly the greatest reason to fire Dennis Allen happened during the bye week because he came out like he discovered something new and said, we're going to figure out a way to get the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands more. Like, that's so irresponsible to say that out loud. He's not like some undrafted rookie that we're figuring out, like, might be able to play football. It's week 15, and we're 4-9, and and we're like, hey, you know what? We got this great plan, guys. Don't worry. We're headed in the right direction. We're going to get the ball in AK's hands. Well, first of all, he was just responding to a Mike (laughs) Triplett question when he said that. Great question. And that's actually the article I'm working on uh, because I, you know, I'm like, we've got how many, as we all know, how many Saints fans have already checked out, but there are still fantasy football uh, (laughs) managers galore who need to know, are they going to figure out how to use Alvin Kamara? And there are actually a lot of reasons we can point to. Here's one thing that's really fallen by the wayside. And this is another thing they're probably going to have to change radically. They very clearly, because Dennis Allen's the head coach, because they came into the year with with Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton as their quarterbacks, they thought the best thing they had going for him was an offensive line and Kamara and Taysom Hill to an extent. And when they've done well, it's because they're just running stubbornly, constantly down teams' throats. And when they run into teams like the Ravens and the 49ers and the Buccaneers and the Rams, who actually have a top-five run defense – all in the last five weeks, when they don't have a run game, they don't have anything else. It, 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 you know, they don't have anywhere else to turn to. Um, so, you know, these games where Kamara it, is ineffective and Taysom Hill is ineffective, that's when you lose 13 nothing in 17-16 in 2010. Well, it also seems like they don't have the ability to scheme, to try to scheme their way out of, out of some of the injuries and the issues they had either. It's just kind of, here you go, Alvin, run it. Right, in, right into our injured offensive line and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that that's true to an extent. I mean, obviously the Rams game, they got really creative um, even when they were missing three offensive linemen. But, but you know, you know it, it's happening once a month instead of, <laughs> instead of um, as often as they need it to happen. But is is the s- no option gotcha. other than the run, right? It's just say if we can't run it, then we obviously then you're saying we can't rely on the passing game. Is it truly – an Andy Dalton problem or is it 
a wide receiver problem. I mean, cause we don't have right. Michael Thomas. Olave is pretty much the only receiver that's you could say is consistently productive. I mean, is it the same problem as last year more than anything that it's, we actually don't have people to catch the ball. It, it turned into that day uh, in Tampa. That's for sure. I think Dalton's three best throws of the game might've all not been caught. Um, uh, I don't think it's two worse. It's two worse were the ones that resulted in a touchdown and a 40 yard. <laughs> Those were terrible throws to Taysom uh, and Shahid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the Taysom one wasn't yeah. the Taysom one was a great play by Dalton. Cause he but, got to yeah. like his four, three down that throw, but um Try, oh yeah, the Shahid was way, way underthrown. Right? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, Long I mean, obviously, Olave yeah. and Landry were just blatant drops, and Taysom Hills was contested, and uh, mm-hmm. but, but they were good throws. But yeah, look, I, I said this point, and 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 I wrote about this this week. Andy Dalton, you know, it's a lot like the Dennis Allen conversation. He's not going to save you if you're bad, um, and he's not going to cover up for your mistakes. But I think there's a world where Andy Dalton is playing the kind of football that, that Teddy Bridgewater was playing when he went 5-0 in 2019, and he probably got overrated for that. If everything else around Andy Dalton was going well, he'd be going well. Since, since that sort of controversial decision to name anoint Dalton as the starter coming out of that Arizona game, He's got a passer rating over 100 and a completion percentage of 70. He's like he's like a top seven quarterback right. in the NFL, according to those measures. The numbers look good on paper, just bad yeah, decisions. Like or... you need, well, but not even bad decisions. He's only turned the ball over three times in the last seven weeks, too. Like he's just not he's not he's not gonna save you when it's third and twelve, and he's not gonna save you when it's thirteen nothing. Um he needs the run game and the offensive line and the defense to be working. And then, you know, he can manage a, a game by not being the reason you lose it, but he's also not the reason you win it. Right. So, but we and do have sixes. a quarterback on the roster. The well, yeah, that, that was, can be, but, he can be yeah. either one of those. He can be right. the reason you that win or him. the reason you lose. <laughs> I mean, like we do have yeah. a guy who can, exactly. can make those pretty clear. Yeah. I'm pretty surprised they didn't turn I, to him. I guess, I guess what my thing is, so we've been six weeks now, um, of Dennis Allen telling us both quarterbacks are healthy. We're picking the one that gives us the best chance. Right. And we keep losing. So he's wrong. He's been wrong. All the, most Is he of playing Billy weeks. ball? He's because truly he's saying, only looking at paper. <laughs> I totally understand that point. And, and I always try to appreciate the pro James, James Winston argument. If you're James Winston himself, if you're a James Winston supporter, how can you say this? has gone three and seven since I got hurt and they're doing fine without me. But I mean, I also, you know, you also decide, okay, so like, let's say at what point was the point to turn away from Dalton? It, you know, certainly after the Arizona game, you could have done it at that point when he did have the two pick sixes, but Jameis Winston was not healthy enough. Then he was healthy enough to return to practice and become the number two quarterback, but he was going to be 70% of himself at that point. So I understood it at that point. Um, the last three weeks, I mean, I don't think you certainly don't bench him after the Rams game. He had the highest, you know, the best statistical game of his entire career. You don't do it after the 49ers game. Cause I thought he played pretty well in San Francisco crazy enough, even though they had zero points. Um, you know, Camara lost the two fumbles. They got inside the five a couple of times. And he wasn't even that bad against Tampa Bay. I think the only thing he did really wrong was throw to Marquez Calloway on that third and one. 
at so some point, was, don't you there, stop taking it one game right. at a time, though? And go, right, but okay, what I'm saying is over... there, was, there was never a moment where you're like, Andy Dalton needs to be benched. That What Andy Dalton did in that game, we have to bench him. But when you look at the sum total and you say, all right, yeah, over right. the course of that time, we've only won three games, then it, then it feels like a real slap in the face to Jameis Winston. And I, and I thought, especially because – um, now that they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, if you if you went into each game thinking we ha- we're in must-win mode, you know, we're, we're already in the playoffs because if we lose another game, we're eliminated. I got it. I, I felt like I, I would agree if you told me you have to win this week, which quarterback gives you the best chance this week. I, I agreed with it being Dalton for most of the last month. But in the larger scheme of things, if you're trying to explain to Jameis Winston – why he's not getting another chance is is very hard to make that explanation to him now that they're not that there's no there's no playoff hunt anymore. Um, so it is hard to explain to him why he's not getting another look. Either one of them on the team next year? Yeah, I would hope neither one of them is considered like the unquestioned starter next year, but um I would love to think there is a young developmental quarterback option. It's gonna be hard until they get a draft pick that they don't have right now. But no matter what that is, whether, whether young guy is, you know, Jordan Love, Tyler Huntley, Gardner Minshew, whether young guy is, you know, taking a look at somebody who gets discarded from somewhere else, whether young guy is second or third round draft pick. Um, I, I would think that would be paired with a veteran. And if it's not Dalton, then maybe it's a Dalton type. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater will be a free agent again. Uh, you know, with four new first round picks coming in the league, there might be four guys who get discarded in other places. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think you'd get too excited about them, but, um, and, and we don't know who the coach and who the offensive coordinator is. And they, they might have a direction to, to choose which one of those guys they've worked with before. And they like to. Okay. So I'll give you my hot quarterback take that also goes yeah. to that other part. So I think that there's a 15% chance that Sean Payton comes back to new Orleans but that's if, he do, if he pretty does, high, I think guys. I think that's super high. I, I think, yeah. but I think that's the highest. Is if, but if he does come, I think there's a seventy percent chance that Tom Brady comes with him. Yeah, no, that, oh, that's, true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's true. I don't like. I don't Sorry. get excited about that. First of all, because Tom Brady looks like hot he garbage looks terrible. Right now. But yeah. I realized yeah. he looked like hot garbage. The year His last two years in New England, he looked bad before going yeah. up into the Tampa Bay. Um, so maybe he needs a new fire letter. But even the whole Sean Payton old. concept, even the whole Sean Payton concept, if Sean Payton comes back, if if the 15% comes true, I want it to be reinvigorated, re-energized Sean Payton, ready to rebuild the Saints. I want, I want to recapture 2006. I don't want to try to recapture 2021. I'm tired yeah. of... Uh, you know, I'm tired of chasing this. Do you believe I, I, that would happen or would he be ready to leave in two or three years again? Like, No, I mean, if he came back, it would be because he scoured the landscape, decided this is this is his bet. He wouldn't be doing it. He doesn't need to come back for two years. He's not coming back to like just win another title. That's not the, that's not what their roster is right now. Um, so, I mean, there's so many ifs and what's the, the main reason I think Sean Payton is attractive is because that's what I think this team needs to do. This team needs to reboot. I don't want to bring back Sean Payton because I'm like, you know, Sean Payton was a coach. I might be able to go 10 and seven and sneak in as the four seed. I don't want that. I agreed with you the other day that I'd rather have a top three pick than Payton right now. Cause I think that there's just cause more that's more hey, to me. Yeah, the- that's, that's where this team needs to go. This team, 
I understood, and this is the only thing the Saints got right this offseason. I've said this a couple times too, but they chose the path they chose because they looked at the NFC and NFC South landscape and they correctly predicted how the other three NFC South teams were going to do this year. They just didn't correctly predict how they were going to do this. Yeah, they they didn't correctly (laughs) predict the coach. (laughs) Kind of important. Not at all. I I do think there's going to be a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks next year. It does seem like at least a third of the league doesn't have a real viable quarterback right now. So you are going to have some of those guys in the first round. Hendon Hooker, due to his injury, I guess will probably be second round. But Oh, yeah. Not, I don't think he'll be a first round. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still question mark on Anthony Richardson, but somebody will probably take the chance. But I, he, I bet he's going to be the kind of quarterback that some teams have a top 10 grade on and some teams have a fourth round grade on. So, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure you, you that that makes it hard to think, is he the perfect fit for the Saints? So I, I don't know where the Saints go. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to have a hard time projecting a quarterback to the Saints with like the 40th pick, you know? Yeah. What you said makes sense. I mean, it's going to have there. We're going to have to have some sort of veteran on the on the team because I, I assume that whatever we get now, again, we still don't know what's going to happen with a Peyton pick. If we if we get like a 15 to 18 pick, yeah. there's a there's a, there's easy ways to make that a number nine pick. If, yeah. um, well, if, so, if we even get a pick, I mean, if, if the Chargers make the playoffs as much as I mean, it seems like that's really where it wants to go. First round pick, and that was their best path to one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the combination of the Chargers winning and Kyler Murray tearing an ACL, those were the two teams that I've kind of like, that's the way it's going. Um, and I mean, I'm not sure if Peyton wants Kyler Murray to play for him, but him being healthy makes it sound better. Um, any, anything beyond that? And, I mean, in the Raiders thing kind of made sense, but it looks like that they're probably not going to fire Josh Daniels. I mean, I, I think because we all agree that the Chargers were the best blueprint, first of all, like there, there's no team that's picking in the top five. Two, the, the two, there's no scenario where I think the Saints get a top five pick because A, I think the team's picking in the top five, Peyton's going to want no part of. Like he, he's, he's going to be like, don't even take that call from Carolina. I'm not going to Carolina. You know, <laughs> I'm, not going to, I'm not going to Indy. Like he's, he's not taking those jobs because they are too dysfunctional for him. And then, um, I, you know, I don't know that a team would give up a top five pick for, for a coach anyway. So that's what made the Chargers so beautiful is like, oh, they might have like pick 18, pick 20. Um, Peyton will want to go there. They've already got a quarterback, so they'll be willing to give up the first round pick. So I think now if it's not going to be the Chargers or, or maybe the Chargers fall into this umbrella is the team that disappoints because they go one and done in the playoffs, like Dallas Cowboys, you know, for instance, like, you know, so, so maybe that's the path, like a, an opening we don't see right now, but somebody that collapses in December and really blows it, does, does that lead to an opening we're not expecting? Because I feel like the perfect marriage is, is a team that's just a coach away that already has a pretty good roster and that is going to be picking around 20. If we're in a rebuild, is New Orleans, I know, I know money talks, but is New Orleans an attractive option for a free agent to come here? For what kind of a free agent? Quarterback? Quarterback, I mean, whatever we need. I, I mean, I guess there's also not going to be many real viable options in yeah. free agency other than uh, either a cast off or a Dalton type. There's teams don't let good quarterbacks get away usually. Right. And I don't love we, this is an argument that we've had. Uh, my, our, my favorite thing that we inadvertently 
came to was when Nick Nick was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and he kind of supported the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo because he wants he thinks it's important to signal to the locker room that you're trying to win and he he called him 89 octane gas as opposed to 87 and I go who has ever bought 89 octane gas I've never put that in my car in my life I'm like some people will buy 93 I, I buy eight. I buy the middle one yeah, yeah. why I get the, the middle, middle one, one? Because the, the other one's too expensive, and, the, and the, I'm not putting the shit in my tank either. Like, oh, I'm not going to put Andy Dalton in my tank, but I can't afford it, Tom Brady. I, I, I'm, I'm 87 or 93. Give like, me Danny Dimes or Jimmy Well, there you go. All right, you guys are the 89 octane guys. But but I mean, really, that is what the quarterback landscape is. You either pay 40 million or you pay five million. Yeah. Uh, you pay you to me. You pay Dalton prices or you pay Mahomes prices. I don't. I don't want to be in the Carson Wentz zone. I don't want to be no. in the Jimmy no. Garoppolo zone. <laughs> that's when you go I don't to pay twenty five million for someone who's a little better than. Yeah, that's, that's why when you crazy. go to Walmart to get your gas and you're paying for the Carson Wentz eighty nine, but you're actually getting. 87 because they're all connected to the same tank you're buying acetaminophen instead of you're right. You're right. <laughs> what you're saying is exactly why we should be figuring out over the last you know the last four games and the past few whether Jameis winston is a quarterback right. Right. because and he's 12 million because he could yeah. be a, one of Deal. those guys that gets paid yeah. 30 the next year if he has a good season yeah. um he, he i can, don't even love i don't well he's 14 he's 12.8 but it it was a two-year 28 million right so it was actually, 14. I don't love that zone either. That's sort of an 89 octane zone too. I don't love the idea of paying 14 for a Winston over. It was only three for a Dalton, but, but it's, you know, or what, you know, what would Minshew cost? What would, I, I don't even know if he's, uh, I don't know if you have to trade for him or not, but, but what I mean is like either you're really improving the quarterback position or, be careful about spending 18 to 20 and a third round pick on it. Like, so, but I, I do think next year will be interesting because obviously Baker Mayfield will be out there. I'm not saying any of these names are attractive. Sam Darnold might be out there. Zach Wilson might be out there. Daniel Jones. There's a word where he may be out there. Mitch Trubisky was out there last year. He's going to be out there again next year. I just wonder if there's a, a guy, the saints are like this one's slipping through the cracks and we like this one. I, I am a little curious sort of how they picked up Jameis Winston in the first place. I am a little curious if one of those guys exists. So there's a couple of those quarterbacks that I agree that I'm interested to see what they could do in the uh, the right system. We don't currently have that system. Yeah, With Pete Carmichael really and Dennis Allen, I don't want I, – because I think that – and why would those guys come here right. for those – I mean, like I think there has to be a coach change for Daniel mm-hmm. Jones to come here and take a chance on at 25 years old. Is my career over or am I fixing yeah. to take the next step? He ain't, he's not coming to do it with Pete Carter. But I'm talking about guys who aren't really going to have a choice. Oh yeah, I'm talking you. about guys who are going to be like <laughs> starter vacancy. I'll take it yeah. because, um, and Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton are already in that zone where it's like, it's like it's musical you chairs. You, you, yeah. you, you see a chair, you take it. <laughs> well, is, so I think that's what Scott's question too is like: Is Nola a free like when Sean Payton was here? Yeah, all your free agents like we knew we had a legitimate shot at any free agent because they knew they were coming playing for a well-coached team that had a chance to win every year. I think like Scott, the spirit of your question, I still agree. Is like, isn't like, I don't think new Orleans is that anymore with Pete Carmichael. They don't get the Russell Wilson trade or the Aaron Rodgers trade or the Tom Brady uh, sweepstakes. They, they, they're, that's not what they are right now. Right. And, and, and that's part of what makes the Sean Payton dream a little far-fetched. Um, 
this is a this is a it's going to take a couple years situation. Yeah, equally, why would a good coach come here? Because we don't have the roster to give him a chance either. See, so, well, I, well but, but, but again, it's you're, you're going to have to take a chance on a young guy like we did with with Sean. It's going to have to be a, a guy's first right. first NFL coaching job. That's what's going to have to be. Where hey, I, I get one of these thirty two jobs. I'm taking it. It doesn't have to be a first. I mean, like a Doug Peterson type. Would, I mean, you're just not getting. You're just not getting. You don't get first pick or second pick. You know, you're 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 you don't get one of the top two. So if we go two and two and finish six and eleven, and then say, Andy Dalton, we've re-signed him to a to a deal. He's coming back next year. Is that kind of signaling to the locker room and the team, the NFL and the fans that like that six and eleven was okay? And we're bringing back the guy that I mean that you're gonna keep going. Really let us there. No, I mean, look, this is unacceptable to everyone, and no one's gonna pretend like it's not. But you, you, you also have to. I don't think there's anyone in the locker room who think they wouldn't be sticking with Andy Dalton if he was incompetent. I know he's become like sort of the face of this embarrassment. Like he's he's an average quarterback on a below average team, uh, and the results look terrible but he's not embarrassing himself out there and in fact you know i mean i think he's doing a lot of things that like i said i like i am able to look at this measuredly and i think 2019 teddy bridgewater and 2022 andy dalton are in the exact same tier i really do and bridgewater went five and oh and got a lot of credit for it and dalton is three and seven and get a lot of blame for it but they're about the same type of guy Neither one is the one who excites you and makes you think this is the reason we're going to win. But, but you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks in that zone, in that zone, and neither one of them is going to make the team think we can't win with this guy. He's losing everything for us. That that's not where Andy Dalton is. So if Sean Payton goes to another team next year, how much of the Saints' coaching cabinet, leadership cabinet, is he taking? Like, I mean, do we assume well, that somebody like Jeff Ireland's get, gone? He does, yeah, he doesn't get to take anyone that the Saints aren't willing to let him have. Um, okay. I didn't um, know how much control they have. Or Right. I mean, it's how it always happens. Like when Sean Payton first came here, he asked for Tony Sperano and Jason Garrett. They said, you can have Gary Gibbs. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, that's how it always works. You know, now if somebody is completely the agent. Um, I've heard, yeah, I mean, we've heard a lot of smoke that, that that Jeff Ireland might go with him and they work really well together. And and for Jeff Ireland, I don't think they would deny him the chance to go from basically college scouting director or vice president of college scouting, um, assistant general manager, whatever his title is, to be a, the actual general manager. I don't think they would deny him that chance. I don't think they would deny Kai Harley that chance if, if he's the one he wanted as a general manager. Um, but um, they're not letting him get, Ryan Nielsen is his defensive line coach, unless they're firing Ryan Nielsen, for for yeah. example. But, but you know, I think I think I think some of these guys are going to be available because I think they are going to whether whether or not Dennis Allen keeps his job, um, they're going to make changes. They've got sure. to. Well, it sounds like they need to make changes on the offensive side more than the defensive yeah, side. I would think anyway, so. but, but yeah, I, I but, like Pete. But I also like Carmichael. Like, I like Pete Carmichael a lot, but I mean, he's he's the one. He's in bigger danger than Dennis Allen or Andy Dalton because. There's two ways Pete Carmichael loses his job. One is Dennis Allen gets fired and Pete goes with him. And two is Dennis Allen stays and Pete, you know, takes the, the load. The one right. He's the the sword. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, well, we talked about that on Pete past Carmichael episode. didn't even want the job to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> that, was there something? Was, 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 there, so, was there a lot we don't know about that? Because it seemed like Pete wasn't even going to interview for the job, right. didn't want it. And then all of a sudden he's. Was there something that some other stuff that you can tell us that we don't yeah, know? Yeah, I, I mean, I had heard two different versions of it, and 
you know, people can shape their own version. I mean, I think Pete was willing to take a little break and saw this as an opportunity for him to take a little break um, uh, and, and maybe take on more of a, you know, smaller role. Um, and I think the saints were initially excited about bringing in a different voice and talking to a couple other people. But once, once they got to the point where they were like interviewing Jay Gruden for the role, they were, they were like, Pete, <laughs> Pete, we, we had a couple of young guys with new novel ideas that we were taking a look at. We didn't get those guys. Please don't make us go down this road. <laughs> well, you, you brought up, is there a point where, if Jeff Ireland is as good at his job as we assume he is, is there a point where Mickey Loomis goes, I can't lose that guy. So Mickey Loomis becomes the, no, yeah, I don't, whatever. I mean, you don't keep Jeff Ireland with a fake title. Like you don't right. say, Hey, I'm really going to be the one who hires the next coach and chooses the next quarterback and decides what team we're trading Sean Payton to, but we're going to call you general manager. That doesn't keep Jeff. So would Mickey ever let him? Why can't Mickey Mickey abscond his position and say, he could could if he wanted to, but you know, that's not a thing. He he would have to do what Sean Payton just did last year (laughs) and and leave. Like, you know, he can't be like, I'm really calling the shots, but we're going to call you general manager. They're not going to do that. Makes sense. Like Mickey Lewis is too ingrained in the Benson family isn't he he's executor of wills well and one day sorts, one day he? probably not gonna you know he's probably not gonna do this for 40 more years or whatever but he's not gonna step back just to keep jeff ireland he's gonna step back when he wants to step back and and look he's done a hell of a job i mean this offseason aside um he's one of the most successful executives of the last 20 years in the nfl all right so here's a, a you know, fan-based question like how much in this year almost makes this question is how much of mickey's success is really credited to falling ass backwards into getting sean payton like he didn't he didn't look at it and be like well we've got sean payton this is my genius decision we we lucked out by getting payton and breeze uh, wesley pointed that out made a point about that on a previous episode of ours and then also like what else has he done and how much of his success you can give to actually sean payton and to me, it's almost like whether, how I feel as a fan about whether Mickey should be released or stepped down or kept or stay all hinges on what he does after this season's over. You know what I mean? Like, so if he keeps doing yeah, no, and Carmichael yeah, and says, nope, we're going to keep doing the same thing, then I think Mickey's it's time to go. And as a fan. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'll make you feel a lot better about Mickey. I mean, first of all, he didn't fall ass backwards in Sean Payton. He hired Sean Payton and they had a specific model that they were looking at. They really wanted a Parcellsian influence. Actually, the, the second guy on their list out well, here was another Parcells. Disciple what, what, he, what he's meaning Arthur. is that Peyton wanted to go to Green Bay and Drew wanted to go to Miami. Right, right, sure. And they both, they sure. both came. I get here. that. I yeah. think that's what he means. But, yes. But yeah, look, you don't, you don't have the success that they had over two decades. I mean, we're, we're talking about a very, there, there was, you know, this sat for years until Sean Payton stepped away that, you know, the yeah. same general manager, the same head coach, the same quarterback, the stability they had, but Cam Jordan, Teron Armstead, Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, we're talking about guys who were Alvin Kamara. We're talking about guys who were uh, Thomas. top, yeah. top, top 50 players. Every time the NFL's top 100 list came out year after year. And, and, you know, the best record in the NFL from 2017 to 2021, which was, 
you know, a decade and a half into his reign and coexisting with Sean Payton, who is a dynamic <laughs> personality. I mean, you know, that, that might have come to a head in other places. Um, and their salary, yeah, cap management great, yeah. stuff, their salary cap management stuff that became a joke for a decade has become what led the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl and the Rams to a Rams. Super Bowl back to back years, um, trading future assets for, you know, and, and everybody always talked about that it's like wild spending. Yeah, Jarris Bird was a bad signing, but most of that spending was we recognize we have Toronto Armstead, he's the best left tackle in the league. We're re signing him. We recognize Cam Jordan is one of the best defensive in the league. We're re signing him. Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the league. We're re signing him. That's where they spent all their money. Drew Brees, re-signing, re-signing, re-signing. The, the spending was smart spending, even though the, the salary cap management was seen as a little bit of a joke. So, no, I, I think yeah. his track record is impeccable. So, okay. look, can he do it again? Easier said than done. Can the Pittsburgh Steelers do it again now? They're trying again. Can, uh, um, you know, there's very, you know, there's a, you know, the San Francisco 49ers are known as one of the most stable organizations, but they fired Chip Kelly after one year and, Tom Sula after one year before they got it right again. So um, it's, it's hard, but I don't think Mickey's entire reputation uh, leans on getting it right the next time, but that doesn't mean he's going to get it right. That's for sure. James, I know you had a question that you wanted to ask the group about AK's lack of production this year. He just doesn't seem himself this year. Um, and I don't know if that's that there's a, an injury maybe that we don't know about, or is it just the general lack of putting the ball in his hands in the right places. Yeah, look, and, and this is actually what I'm writing about this week, and I've been doing a deeper dive. Some of it is situational, and unfortunately, if you if you are a fantasy manager as Alvin Kamara, you probably missed the playoffs, but if you somehow still have <laughs> Alvin Kamara, I think he's I, I, I think there's monster potential over the next two weeks against Atlanta and, and Cleveland because they're two teams. Consolation brackets. Here we yeah, go. Exactly. <laughs> they're two teams. So, like, if you're one of those people, like, should I bench Alvin in my first round of the playoffs and go with Zonovan Smith? Like, I, I think there's I think there's new life coming. The thing was, and, and this was right in the heart of when Andy Dalton sort of won the job. There were four weeks in a row where he caught seven, seven, six, and nine passes. And he had like three 150-yard games. And he obviously had the three-touchdown game against the uh, the Raiders. Yeah. And, and I think you can trace the same things that have happened with Alvin Kamara, very similar to the same things that have happened with Taysom Hill. And, and this goes back to what I was saying when I was like, when, when this team can't run the ball, it's been a little lost. And the bad games have come against top 10 run defenses like the 49ers and the Ravens and the Rams even, and, and what the Steelers were when they got TJ Watt back. And then the games where they haven't had Eric McCoy, his slump has directly coincided with not having Eric McCoy in two of those games. They were missing three starting offensive linemen and they had as a team, their five lowest rushing totals or four of their five lowest rushing totals in that five game span. So, you know, so those are all the excuses for why, I mean, a lot of it is situationally, why we've seen sort of Kamara and Taysom Hill disappear over the past five weeks. But should the Saints have figured out a way through it? Absolutely. That's a failing on their part that they're like, all right, if this isn't working, then We're Kamara so well. can be a yeah. slot receiver or let's try more screen passes or let's try more stuff in the flat or let's try, you know, something well, that, that does not lead to just Kamara being not used. And what's shocking about that I think is the fact that Pete Carmichael didn't 
do that or think of that or figure that out. Like you've worked under Sean Payton for how many years you've had to, I mean, like he can't, it's just baffling and mind bottling to think. <laughs> yeah. I said mind bottling yeah. Jason <laughs> to, to think that here's Pete Carmichael and he's not thinking of that. And here every fan in the who that nation is. Yeah, or or is it that they thought of it and they don't have the personnel to pull it off? Here's the difference: every fan in the Houdat Nation's plan is everything works out. Each plan is all right. What what are we supposed to do here? It's third and twelve because fucking Calvin Throckmorton won't stop. (laughs) Well, maybe you shouldn't have run up the middle (laughs) first uh, and second, first uh, and second down. You know (laughs) what? what Yeah, what it reminds me of is uh, we we had these same conversations. I mean, so my favorite thing about this whole season is that like all of a sudden Sean Payton, like this is the this is the best thing that ever having a Sean Payton's reputation. Oh, but, yeah, his value yeah. is never higher. Exactly. That's what we said last week. Like, this is actually all part yeah. of the plan. The organization <laughs> is helping itself to get in that first round uh, pick. <laughs> we, we had all these same conversations about Kamara um, in, uh, was it 2019? The, the first year that Ingram went to Baltimore and everybody was like, does he just miss Kamara? Look at his body language on the sideline. And, and you know, the knee injury and the ankle injury that year. And he had a really down year that year. Last year, when after the, when Armstead and Ramchuk got hurt, this team couldn't get a first down. Not a first down. So, like, yeah. Sean Payne was the head coach of a team that went five weeks with, you know, gaining about 125 yards a game. So, it's, some, sometimes it's easier said than done. But, yeah, without yeah. question, yeah. Um, it's a combination of both things. And, look, we're not going to absolve Kamara himself. I mean, he lost yeah. that 49ers game for him. Yeah, but it sounds like you're suggesting that having a good offensive line matters. <laughs> that helps. So, so an, an another concept, another player that's had some success and that we've all clamored to give him more opportunities has been Rashid Shaheed. Um, yep. my, my question on him. So we see sometimes in the NFL when like the number four receiver has some some good yards and some touchdowns. And people are like, oh, wow, he looks pretty good. And then you make him the number two receiver and he disappears because he can't actually run routes correctly and doesn't have hands as good when he's covered. Rashid Shahid looks like he's running good routes, looks like yeah. he can use his hands. Is is he a diamond in the rough guy that can be a number two or number three receiver? I mean, he, maybe. maybe. From, I, yeah. I, I don't know necessarily how to break down receiver I, stuff. I don't he know looks either. really I, damn I good. I think we're all figuring out together. And what's interesting, so – with Rashid Shaheed, not only did it take a while for all that to develop, but like he tore his ACL at the end of his last year in college. And, and the only, they, they basically signed him as an undrafted rookie to go the Blake Gillikin route. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, it was a very obvious. Like, you're going to be, Deontay you're gonna got be hurt. redshirted this year and you're going <laughs> to replace Deontay Harris next year as a kicker. Yeah, for, for sure. So he wasn't even, there was no vision. Uh, he, he missed most of it. He probably I mean, wasn't even practicing OTAs, as a receiver, really, was he? And much of training camp. So there was no implementing the, the receiver part of this offense right. at all with him. You know, and that doesn't mean they were short-sighted. And, and there just isn't a lot of time for that. So when they're like, all right, this guy's healthy now, and, and we're going to have him active on game day as a kick return because Deontay Hardy got hurt. They're like, well, it's a miracle. Him. He's for healthy. him this week and, and both plays worked and everybody's like well why didn't you drop 40 plays for him it's like <laughs> we just met the guy like uh, and and so uh you so, know that is one that you can you can pin on them it's like all right run the same two plays again then and see if they stop him but um but obviously that, that that's something you got to credit him for he went from two snaps and two touchdowns in the first game to 
you know, 30 snaps and basically becoming their two, you know, he, he has vaulted ahead of Callaway and Traquan Smith in, in yeah. the past few weeks. No question. There's tons of athletes, whether it's offensive or defensive, have played eight snaps a game and looked really good in four snaps. But then you give them 50 snaps and they, they still only look good in four snaps. <laughs> So far, whether they've been increasing him, he, he looks like a good football player. He's, he's obviously yeah. fast. Um, he's also not – he's this little guy that's not – doesn't look like he's going to get hurt every time he gets tackled, where I was always worried about Deontay Harris. Every time he touched the ball is might be his last play of the season. Party. I don't know. Just, the way he's running routes, the way he uses his hands, he, he doesn't look like a kick returner out there just being an athlete no, playing wide receiver. Too- those two it looks like a wide receiver. The, uh, yeah, it was yeah Tampa, the, 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 the ball were across the middle where he well the, he had to come back on that. Yeah. Let's call it a back shoulder throw. <laughs> yeah, that was fast. Um, last that pain, was a great yeah. adjustment by him. But the other one where where Dalton scrambled and, yeah. and he and clearly he wasn't the primary read and he had to adjust his route. I mean, those are savvy adjustments. Same too. page, really. smart. Yeah, that's, that's not the, stuff that an undrafted free agent who didn't play in the preseason and has not been in your wide <laughs> receiver room for more than a month. Yeah, he's he's promising uh, for the future. There's there's a couple guys like him, uh, um, but. Uh, uh, you know, I know, I know too. we're not ready to go super glasses half uh, full yet. <laughs> Did you see the <laughs> rankings come out next that, year? Right well, we are going to beat Atlanta this week. Sean so. Payton's coming back. <laughs> Did Did you see the rankings come out that as of this entire season, the number four linebacker in football is Caden Ellis for P- PFF grades? So well, I'm not overdoing that. Yeah. But here's the but funny still, thing. First but of still, all, he's playing for- well. Here, here, here's the best way to get a good PFF grade is only play like in four games. Like <laughs> you didn't play in enough, you didn't play in enough games to screw it up yet. Because guess who's not on that list? Pete Werner, who we all agreed was like the defensive than, MVP right. until we got hurt. But, but no, look, it's not just PFF. Kate Nellis is he, he's, he's played he's well. Been outstanding. Like, mm-hmm. and and uh, that's gonna be one thing I'm really curious to see because Pete Werner's back and he seems like he's gonna play. Is um, are we all of a sudden gonna see just more three line? Linebacker sets because they're three of the five best players on their defense right now. Well, if our safeties and cornerbacks aren't going to tackle yeah, running backs, exactly. it might exactly. be a good idea to put three linebackers on the field. So, are we all agreeing like Demario Davis is not coming back next year? Or that's hard to agree to because he's got one of the best bargain contracts in the NFL. So, I mean, if he's not coming back, I hope you get something really good in, in return for a trade. But now, Caden Ellis is a free agent. Um, so, um, but I, I do agree so well. that it's probably either, or, I mean, yeah. you, you don't pay a lot for Caden Ellis and keep, I mean, look, if tomorrow Davis comes back next year, he's coming back for one more year, but, and then they figure out how to use all three linebackers and, and Caden Ellis stays for multiple years, but, yeah. uh, Caden uh, Ellis has enough tape now that somebody, okay, well, what would you do at your GM? Do you keep Werner and Ellis? And let- well, yeah, I think it depends on the direction they take. If they're going the Sean Payton, Tom Brady path, Demario Davis stays. He'll be but <laughs> if, if it's definitely a reboot, then then you know, I mean, I keep having visions of 2015 when they traded everyone who wasn't nailed down to the floor. Um, uh, and uh, um, so what they did in 2015, I think this is what they're going to do now. So they trade Jimmy Graham, who's a, a big asset. They trade big ass. Eddie Stills, who who they didn't like a lot. They traded Ben Grubbs, who was making too much money, you know. But they kept Toronto Armstead. They kept Cam Jordan. They kept, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to say everybody who's on this roster is gone. You know, it's of course yeah. it's still have Pete Werner and Chris Olave and Marshawn Lattimore and um and and Demario falls in that. Well, what Notice direction he didn't he say Michael yeah. Thomas. 
Well, but yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas isn't a part of either either plan. Probably Michael Thomas I mean, Mike, hasn't been on this team for three years. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Michael Thomas, I think, but you're not getting a lot in return oh. for a trade in his current state, too. I think I, I think there is a world where Michael Thomas comes back if if he realizes I have to sign a five million dollar contract where I get all the rest back in incentives. Why would um, he do that for Andy Dalton to throw to him though? He's right, not going to exactly. get the incentives. No, it's that's really, the, that's it, the thing. He's not coming back at his current contract. Tom Brady's going to be the quarterback next year. So, so that's why he'd come back. Well, well if Sean Payton comes back, you know, he definitely yeah. doesn't want to be here. I, I, I know that <laughs> Nick had talked about it and like we had conversations, but Nick put it in perspective of that. There is no, in the NFL, there shouldn't ever be a full blow it up rebuild because teams have done that. And then been, terrible for a decade like there is not just a plan of oh we just blow it up we have cap space and then all of a sudden well, we're good again in two years there's, we there's did some that, sort you, of you were telling me at the uh, london meetup that you'd like to see me and nick disagree that that's our strongest disagreement is it, well especially when we actually edited it out like 15 minutes of a jimmy garoppolo conversation one time because we were like why are we talking but like and i'm like i'm not paying 25 million dollars for jimmy garoppolo just to signal to the team that i'm not blowing it up i'm saving every dollar i want a two million dollar bridgewater or dalton if 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 i'm not trying to win this year like and look i'm also a cubs fan and maybe it's easier to do in baseball but i i like the theo epstein plan it was like if this person is not going to be on our team in two years he's not getting one more dollar from me like uh or i'm trading him or something now blow it up does not mean finish one in 17 yeah, or yeah. one in um caleb williams in, in my mind in my mind if you if you're going to be part of 2024 you can stay and that could still be alvin Kamara, and that's definitely marshawn Lattimore, and you know it's probably ram check and it's but but i am not signing jarvis landry and tyron matthew this offseason i'm not paying no 14 million or 18 million or 25 million for my quarterback like that i don't want to do any of those things i want everything I do to be like, that'd be cool if we're competitive in 2023, but, but let's make sure we're resetting the cap and getting a few draft picks back in the process very much like they did in 2015. Tyron's come on a little bit in the last few games. Though. Sure. And yeah, yeah, he's, he's good for about five maybe, weeks. Is it that what I was going to say? Like, is it the, almost like the whole defense, the whole team? Defense has been pretty so, damn strong. Yeah, in, I mean, in, yeah. It's, it's like, like Tyron having Marcus May next to him healthy has made Tyron better. Which yeah, wait, of, wait, yeah. What if they ever get to play with Marshawn Lattimore too? Can you imagine <laughs> like the, the way the team was designed to, was was built to be? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's that. Like, it almost feels like this team take the injuries, and I, I hate that I'm about to say this or ask this. Is you're allowed to say this? Do you are injuries. allowed to say the injuries have been really bad this year? They really okay. happen. Well, and then do they actually help excuse Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael to the point? that they do deserve and not maybe not p carmichael because uh, play calling is has nothing to do with i don't know maybe it does i don't know i don't know i'm just like at this point yeah. where you're right like you're listing out all these injuries and in, in the way that you're presenting everything it really does explain that like even a good coach would have yeah. trouble winning games I, I, i've been i've made this point a, a bunch of times this is this is my strongest pro dennis allen argument and i'm not even saying that that I'm pro. Sorry, down. Mike. Think- um, that's all the time we have. <laughs> yeah. uh, we appreciate you coming on, Bye-bye, Bye-bye. on this show. Motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Sean Payton, who is the coach that everybody is hoping to come back, lost five straight games and they were bad five. And that did not even include the Miami uh, COVID game. People it were, was, people were ready was, for him to leave. Lost, 
you remember that Buffalo game in the Superdome on Thanksgiving night when everybody left in the third quarter? And there I mean, I tried it, to block it out of my memory, but they well, I mean, I, I mean, in fairness, he did have to start Trevor <laughs> Simeon and, and Ian Book, but yeah. But yeah. th- those quarterbacks yeah. were there because of him, because he never well, found that a successful right. well, We gave Sean that excuse that. last year. Book we said, and, yeah, we said last year, all, everything about last year was all injury. It's yeah. not Sean. It's nothing. Yeah. Like, it's injury based. We don't have necessarily There's the some same. things you can't coach your way out of. But look, Dennis Allen is not overachieving that look. And, and he's probably underachieving. But but I we've said this. What if Sean Payton was the coach of this team? I, I think they, I don't think they're more than a six win team probably. I mean, those are hard things to deal with. I mean, they made bad personnel decisions. They couldn't afford to keep Toronto dead, and they've had a lot of injuries. This isn't like an 11 win team with Sean Payton. It's not, you know, I mean, all those things are married together. I, I think that's, I think I would argue that it is a nine or 10 win team with Sean Payton because they wouldn't be making the kind of mistakes that they made that have cost the games, but that's me. Yeah. Mike, thank you so much for coming on, man. I know last time you were on, like we heard a lot of feedback. Two things we heard from people is one is that it was the best podcast you had ever been on. Um, okay. I, I'm not sure if you've gotten the same feedback. And then we also got about, a lot more autograph requests. And, and, then, and then about 50% <laughs> of the people we talked to were like, who was that guy? Like, where can I, where can I get his information? Like, how do I hear more of him? So can you tell us, uh, how people can follow you or uh, hear what you Yeah, well, yeah, you mentioned Nick a lot. I, and, and look, I, I, I jumped on, uh, I'm ring chasing. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I joined New Orleans. Wrong season. Which, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, look, he, I think he needed me to pick him up this season. You know, he couldn't, he, he'd been swimming if he had to deal with all the, the hate by himself right now. Um, but look, yeah, so we, New Orleans South football, obviously, uh, um, if you're, if you're a diehard Saints fan, you better know about it. And if you don't, even in these dark times, you know, yeah, you're missing out on the, how great is this guy feature story of the week, uh, this season, but, but you're getting all the, the reasonable discussions about the major decisions facing this team. So there's probably never a better time to subscribe. I just, I just wish we were talking about. Uh, the fifth pick in the draft for the next four months instead of <laughs> freaking oh what a double whammy uh and and then you can find everything we're doing uh i'm on twitter at mike triple can, can you get nick to stop attacking people on twitter like how how do you not respond and fight with the uh Houdat nation but nick just can't about once a week he's just got to get into it with a few people in the morning does he give michael what? thomas his phone every now and then or <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the hardest parts of this job is, is resisting the urge because you got to remember how extreme some people are, you know, this season is making you extreme. <laughs> fan is short for fanatic. And yeah. that means that a lot of people are extreme with their. Well, I, yeah, there's, there's there's also... not caring. We wouldn't <laughs> well, have a job if people didn't care. Right. Hey, thanks a lot, Trip. We really appreciate you coming All on. Right. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, cheers, Mike. Thanks, thanks for coming. To better days ahead, right? That's right. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. To the rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Saints preview. We'll do a quick Saints preview with the uh, Saints playing the Shitlanta Falcons. Falcons hate week. Fuck the Falcons. 
Right. That as I can get as, excited for. That I can get excited. As bad as we are, I can get excited for us. Right. I can definitely get excited for. I'm. I am actually excited for this game. Back in the um, dome. I feel like I haven't been in the dome in a few weeks. Good. Kind of nice I'm not sure week. I can get excited by it. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but you still got to pick the Saints to win. Of course. All right. Yeah. This is yeah. This is the last game that I'll be excited for, for for the season. What do you expect the Saints to do this week that will actually lead to creating more hope? And then, how inventive will they be with fucking it up and losing the game? Well, I think, so, I think Mike just said, didn't he? He's expecting Kamara to be a big focus this week, and I'm not sure the other game that he was talking about. Cleveland. It'll be Cleveland, won't it? Yeah, it will be Cleveland. Yeah. The next yeah. Two. So he's expecting AK to be the focus of the offense, which is great because in my Dynasty League, I've got Kamara. So that'll be really good if he has a big game this week. It's he gonna be also awesome said when, that maybe Werner and Lattimore are back. It's going to be awesome when Kamara scores 40 fantasy points this week and I'm out of the playoffs in all the leagues that I own. <laughs> Except for one. Yeah. I do have one. That, that, that happened, the six-touchdown Vikings game for me. I got uh, knocked out of the playoffs the week before. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, so, and, and look, Atlanta's start Desmond Ritter. I think the defense the defense has been playing well. I think we can force turnovers against Ritter. I mean, to yeah, me, that's no, that that should be a big a big point of it. And, the the one thing that, that that worries me about the Falcons, um, and we don't seem to ever have an answer for him, is Cordero Patterson. Maybe that's where Ellis comes in because he didn't he didn't play a lot in the first game. No, no, that's true. So that's true. I I do think we will win this weekend. I mean, I do too. I mean, maybe Caden Ellis is the Cordell Patterson uh, answer that we've just never, <laughs> never, never given a chance to. To be, um, uh, you know, He's Mike also mentioned that Lattimore and Werner might be healthy soon, or maybe he said maybe even Werner this week. So, um, uh, you know, there's there's some decisions to be made there about who's playing, but also having those more talented people on defense isn't going to help. Isn't going to hurt us. I do no. expect the crowd to be so. The only decent, way considering. I mean, just, just because of, because it's Atlanta. I mean, uh, enough fans hate Atlanta enough. Regardless of what happens this year, this year has been incredibly bad. But when Sunday and then you sweep the Falcons, and at least there's there's a there's that to kind of like at least it's hold on to, like the saving grace for the season. Right, like, kind of thing. When in doubt, no matter how bad we were, we swept the fucking Falcons. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at this game. I'm score predictions. To me, the only way that the Saints win this game is by either shutting out or holding Atlanta to a field goal. So I'll be optimistic. I'll be hopeful. The week off has given me a renewed sense of uh, excitement. So I think the Saints win six to three. (laughs) (laughs) I was sure you were going to say 28 to three then. (laughs) I wish. That's next year when Sean Payton comes back. Okay. I'll go 24 to 13. Who? Saints. I'm going oh. Saints. Oh, you think we're going to get the end zone three times? I was going to say 24-17 Saints. I think we'll be down, and then the Falcons will Falcon. And it's the ma- it's, a, it's a matchup of which team can blow the lead quicker, and I think that the Falcons are the original blowing the lead team, so they're going to show us how it's done. I think this is probably <laughs> the only game that the Saints win the rest of the season. The one uh, thing yeah, the Falcons I, do better I, than us is blow leads. <clears throat> yes. Who's going to out-suck this week? Yeah, I'll, I'll go 16-10 Saints. I think there's a defensive touchdown that Ritter fumbles something that gets picked up in the end zone. But I also believe no matter what happens, if we win this game 50 to nothing, I, this is the last win of the season that I'll predict. Maybe Cleveland. 
No. no, Deshaun Watson has not playing they, well. At yeah, all. they don't look he good. Has but it, but, but he's going to play well not until he they plays have two running us, backs that God. we will not be able to tackle. Like we're yeah. they're they're going to run on us, and we can we're not going to be able to run on their defensive line. Is that a daiquiri, guy? Is that an eggnog daiquiri you drink? Wesley, yeah, you literally you. stole the score. I was going to say I was going to say sixteen ten. I'm going to say nineteen ten. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> That's what you get for waiting. 19 10 Saints. All right. You take the extra field goal, huh? You say, you, you, you think, uh, what's his face? Uh, little Nuts, not Lutz is uh, over nuts, his hips. Lutz. Yeah, he's Little Nuts until he starts making field goals. Well, he's, again. he's just thinking we're just going to stall on another drive in the, in the red zone. Yeah. All right. That's what we do. Yeah. All right. There you have it. Let's get into Pickums. It's all about the king for life, the rest. Your failure is my success It's all about control We make it I will deliver the pain You can't take it I got some uh, Pickham's results from the last week. Uh, Interestingly, only one person I thought everybody would have picked Tennessee, but Jacksonville won the game. Mark Brennan Insurance was the only one to pick Jacksonville. Oh, but let's look at the overall scores because that's what's most important. I am in first place. Oh, Uh, that's what's important. With a 41-29 lead. Who's winning the fantasy league, by the way? Um, what do you mean? Well, Wesley, Wesley, Wesley finished with the best record. I mean, I, I have He's a buy. Second. Me and Scott both have buys in yeah, the first round right. of the playoffs. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, J.A.R.L. is in second place, followed by DeMail Man, Big Easy Guys, John Drummer, Mark Brennan, James, Jason, Mr. Coach Klein, Tom Ensign, Wesley, and then Jambalaya Brothers are the 500 team. And then in the losing bracket, we got Scott. Scott, you're only two games out of a winning out of a out of 500. I'll be over 500 this week. Sands, Hobbs, Paul Perrette, Ali Gibbs, Ben, Neil, Trevor Bruno, Christian Muno, Farmer, PX Saber, and Wayno. All right, let's get into it. Uh, the games are. We had a nice set of games the past couple of weeks. This week, yeah, not so much, but we'll try to make do. Our first game. We actually have three Saturday games this week. Uh, there was a possibility that the Saints game could have been moved to Saturday. Thankfully, it was not. It stayed at noon on Sunday. But we will start with the only good game of Saturday's slate, the Miami Dolphins, who were riding high just a few weeks ago, but they're coming off back-to-back losses to San Francisco and the Chargers. They traveled to Buffalo to play a Bills team that beat the Jets. It was closer than it maybe should have been, but the, but the Bills won. Um, there will probably be snow for this game, I believe. Um, and Buffalo's at home favored by seven and a half. I'll take the Bills. You know what? Jake would kill me if I didn't take the Bills, so I will also take the Bills. I'll take the Dolphins. If it's snowing, it's going to be close. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Yeah, the the points are too many for me. Give me the Dolphins. Our next game, a rematch from a tie that occurred a few weeks ago. You've got the New York Giants. They're coming off a big loss to Philadelphia Sleek. This week, they travel to Washington to play Commander's team coming off a bye. The winner of this game is probably in the driver's seat for the last playoff spot in the NFC. It's crazy to think, but Washington has won, I believe, six out of seven. And they're at home, and they're favored by four and a half. I will take Washington, please. Agreed. I'll also take Washington. I think Chase Young's back now as well, isn't he? Which uh, if If the Saints had changed their name to the Commander's, would we have changed the Superdome to Commander's Palace? Be like cooler if we did. Wow. I'll take I'll take Washington's. <laughs> yeah, you know Commander's Palace, don't you, James? Yes, the famous New Orleans restaurant. Yes, he also knows comedy. 
(laughs) (laughs) Or or lack thereof. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take the Giants. All right. I am going to take Washington in this one. All right. Our next game. We got another real in team. The Tennessee Titans coming off. I can't believe they lost to Jacksonville last week. Wow. Right. I guess Derrick Henry does not know how to run the ball. Or actually, didn't he? Do yeah, well. yeah, he, he, yeah, he did pretty well. And yet, <laughs> He's the, the only player who quite well. well. Yeah, right. <laughs> the AFC South is so bad. Tennessee is probably still going to win the division, but they, they've been kind of scuffling as of late. They fired the GM last week, which was interesting. They travel to Los Angeles to play a Chargers team that whose coach is trying to fend off Sean Payton at all turns. And he had a nice win last week, so let's see if they can keep it up. It's in Los Angeles. Chargers are favored by three. Chargers. I missed it. Who are they playing? Tennessee. 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 I'm not sure I trust the Chargers, but I'm going to take them. I want the Chargers to lose so that they're bidding for Sean Payton, but I just just don't see it the way Tennessee's looked the last three weeks. Give me the Chargers, please. Actually, let me change mine. I think Tennessee is... I mean, their coach... You're going to change it after the game anyway. Just say whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) I just... I, I think you're right. Like Tennessee's not going to go down this slump. They're going to correct shit and the team like the chargers is the week that you make that kind of correction and you get your win i'm gonna take the chargers i'm gonna take the titans there you go you remember i remember Uh, do we have to insert the crickets again (laughs) every single game every time anybody tries to make a joke our next game this this is going to be the fun game the detroit lions everybody's darling right now sitting there at six and seven dan campbell right i don't even even need to know who the other team is no no me (laughs) i don't care what the spread is i don't care who the other Detroit, the best team in the league (laughs) riding with the lions unless it's the bang unless it's the Bengals. i'm dan campbell is the new bill brassie he has inside jokes with complete strangers. Cuba imports cigars from him. Mosquitoes refuse to bite him, purely out of respect. It's it's the New York football jets, and this game is a pick-up. Oh, yeah. It's a New York. Oh, yeah. Detroit. That was the Lions. Detroit. It's a pick-up? How, how much are yeah. they giving the Jets? It's a pick-up. Pick-up. Pick oh. oh, Detroit, baby. All Detroit. the way. Detroit. All day there. All right, and now our shitty game of the week. Here we go. And this one is a doozy. You've got the Arizona Cardinals coming off a loss Monday night. They lost Kyler Murray to a torn ACL. Um, Cliff Kingsbury probably going to get fired this offseason, even though they just gave an extension. But they're terrible. They start out the season pretty well, and then they just fade. They travel to Denver to play a Broncos team that continues to lose. Although they did score over 20 points this week. So props to Denver on that, but they still lost to Kansas City. Um, This game's in Denver. Denver favored by three. Arizona are going to be starting Colt McCoy, right? Colt McCoy starting. I don't know how much I've watched, but Colt McCoy calls a good game, stays calm, and throws a good pass. People like even DeAndre Hopkins is dropping beautiful balls that he's throwing. Like Cole McCoy is not a bad quarterback right now. And I'll take Arizona. Denver, Denver's bad, bad. I'm gonna take Arizona as well. This is one of those uh no, I'm gonna games take Denver. where no matter what you Jeff, do. Jeff, hey, make a you. make a joke right now that's not funny, so we can all sit here and process <laughs> yeah. who we're gonna vote for. I don't have a joke, but I'm gonna say no matter what you do in a shitty game, this shitty, you take the points. So I'm not taking Arizona. I am taking the plus three. Yeah, Arizona. That is, I'm taking Arizona. But you see what I mean? You see what I mean? I'll say what you mean. 
I ain't picking them because we're doing Arizona again. I don't believe in Arizona. Can I finish? Can I finish? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good blast from the past right here. All right. So only our 40 year old listeners will know that joke. Ted doesn't know who I'm talking about. Your pick them slate this week. We've got Miami at Buffalo on Saturday. Buffalo favored by seven and a half. The Giants at the Commanders. Commanders favored by four and a half. Titans at the Chargers. Chargers favored by three. Lions at the Jets. It's a pick them in our shitty game. The Cardinals at the Broncos. Broncos favored by three. All right. Uh, get your picks in, people. Tweet us. Hashtag pick ems. Final thoughts. <laughs> Who wants to go first? James, how'd England do in the World Cup? <laughs> Shots fired. Better than America. Uh, <laughs> that is true. Only just though. Only just. Yeah. No, they. Yeah, they got beat by France last weekend. Um, France beat Morocco this evening or this afternoon for you. So the it's Argentina France. So that kicks off at three o'clock on Sunday. So that should be just about finished in time for uh, the Saints, uh, yeah. the Saints Falcons game. So uh, that'll be my Sunday afternoon. Uh, not going to be going anywhere. My wife is currently laid up with COVID. So uh, what? That's still are... going... that's still a thing. It is still a thing. Yeah, like it is that. only in the UK. So uh, so yeah so she she tested positive on Monday so uh, it's unlikely she'll be (laughs) so so yes that will be my Sunday all right Jason final thought I love Zion that's it there you go Scott final thought I know what it is what do you think it is Saints fucking suck yeah um they do but um also LSU gymnastics getting ready to start up so get ready for that Wesley anyway that's it sorry yeah um I'll just give a I mean. Somber, rest in peace, Mike Leach. Um, obviously, did some fun things. He, whether we liked his team or wanted his team to um, win or lose, um, he was definitely an innovative uh, offensive mind in football and was fun to watch and frustrating to play against. But um, he was somebody that even if your team wasn't playing, it'd be fun to watch. And you're like, you knew a Mike Leach offense was typically going to do something interesting. And he was also a pretty, pretty good interview and good hang, um, look like. So, uh, I guess we we won't know probably exactly what happened for for a little bit, but um, pretty yeah. sad to see somebody like in the middle of their career and still doing well and being competitive to just suddenly pass away. Also, I love the the class act that the SEC showed. You know, all SEC teams, all games, fans, yeah. coaches, everybody got behind him in Mississippi State. So I thought that was pretty pretty solid. We're kind of renews your faith in humanity for this holiday season, doesn't it? Well, stay off Twitter because it'll just all go away again. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or it yeah, will. Especially Saints Twitter. That's all the show we have for you this week. We're going to thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week and telling all of your friends about the Dome Patrol podcast. Follow us on Facebook. Look for Dome Patrol podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dome Patrol PCAST and at Dome Patrol UK. If you want to participate in game day chat, DM us on Twitter and get an invitation to the Dome Patrol Discord server. And of course, if you want to listen to us the old 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 fashioned way go to don't patrol podcast there come say bye bye donkeys bye bye warm weather donkeys good night good night nation you can hang your lights on me
Hands on me.